Welcome to Christmas at Crossroads. We are so glad you're here with us tonight. We have a fantastic service. It's full of celebration and worship, and we are glad you get to be a part of it tonight. If you are just feeling led to give tonight at any point, there are envelopes in the chair backs in front of you. Feel free to use those. You can drop those in the box as you leave today. Or there are giving kiosks in the lobby as well. Also, we have, as you walked in, you may have noticed, we have Crossroads Coffee and Tea. It was formerly uh, Crossroads Coffee House, but now it's Crossroads Coffee and Tea. It is now open Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. It's a great chance to just come in and get a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, have a meeting, meet somebody there. It's a great resource for you to be able to, we would love for you to be able to utilize that. So it's a new name, but same great mission as well. I want to take a minute and just look at some upcoming scheduling things, just so we, everybody knows what's going on. Starting with next weekend. Next weekend is our special family celebration service. Now, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. We're going to celebrate a lot of cool things that have been happening. But we also want to take a moment and let you know the schedule is a little bit different than normal. We will only have one service next weekend, and that's Sunday at 11 a.m. So there's not a Saturday night service or a Sunday at 9 a.m. Only Sunday at 11 a.m. next weekend for our family celebration service. The following weekend is our 2018 Year in Review. This is a great service where we look back at all the amazing things of 2018 but also you'll get to hear some pretty exciting things about what's going on in 2019 as well. So this weekend, we'll be back on the regular schedule, Saturday at 7 p.m., Sunday at 9 a.m., and Sunday at 11 a.m. Make plans to be here for these services. You will not want to miss out. You know, we have some amazing Crossroads kids here, and we asked them to kind of share the Christmas story, and we kind of put it to a video and thought you might like to see this. Enjoy. There's a girl named Mary. She loved God, and she loved cleaning stuff up. But one day, an angel appeared. Mary was so surprised, and she was kind of scared. As she lifted up her eyes, the angel said, Don't be scared. You're going to have a baby. But then Mary said, How can I have a baby? I'm not married. But the angel said, it's all right. The baby will be God's son, Jesus. Mary was supposed to marry a guy named Joseph. She said to him, look, I'm going to have a baby. Joseph was pretty surprised, too, because he didn't know how to be a dad. But he wanted to take care of the mom and the baby. Right before the baby was going to be born, Joseph and Mary had to go on a long trip to a town called Bethlehem. But it was okay. Joseph made sure Mary didn't have to walk by herself. But when they got to Bethlehem, so full of people. Nobody had room for them. They tried one place and again another place. But the last place, the guy started to say no. But then he said, wait, I got a place for you all back. You gotta be okay with animals. 
there weren't even any beds. But it was nice and warm. Mary had Jesus. They wrapped him in cloth and put him in an animal food dish. No one knew about Jesus yet. But there are some shepherds just outside town. Angels showed up. The shepherds lifted their eyes and were like, Oh no, what's happening? But the angel said, Don't be scared. I have something really, really awesome to tell you. God's son Jesus has been born. He's all wrapped up in a blanket. They were super excited. So they got everybody together and ran to find Jesus. They were really glad when they found the right place. They asked, and Mary let them come in. They even got to hold and cuddle the baby. Sometime later, some kings were living far away from baby Jesus, but God sent them a special star. The kings lifted their eyes and followed the special star a long way. A really, really long way. When they lifted their eyes, the star showed the kings, right where Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus were. And they even brought special presents for Jesus. Everybody had a big party. Because they were so glad that God sent baby Jesus. It was the best night ever. hear God's voice, we lift up our eyes. Crossroads, why don't we stand up on our feet? How about you turn to the person next to you, tell them Merry Christmas. Turn to the other person, tell them Feliz Navidad. Come on, let's sing this together. Yeah. 
Grassos, you may be seated.
Sleeping, shouting, holding is the grave. 
It was April 19th, and I had made an appointment at Riverside Hospital. I found a lump in my breast, and I was nervous, but trying to stay optimistic about it. I went to Riverside by myself, thinking it would be just a routine checkup and everything would be okay. The doctor entered the room following the test and said things did not look good. It looked like cancer, he said, and they also saw some in my lymph nodes. They needed to do a needle biopsy. I went to my car, I put my head in my hands and I cried and cried. I tried to pray. See, for the last 20 years, I've been a follower of Jesus Christ. I came to know the Lord at Crossroads Community Church and now it seemed that my faith was being tested in a way it had never experienced in my life before or had expected. How am I going to handle this? I went back for my appointment and the doctor confirmed it. Cancer in both places. I don't even remember the drive home. I'm sure I cried the whole way. It was difficult to look up to God right away. All I could picture was the worst, what was going to happen. The most difficult part was telling my family. The worst was my son, because most of our lives, it's just been him and I. I got a call from my doctor and he wanted me to have a full body scan and a bone scan to make sure it was nowhere else. So about three weeks later, I had those done. I got the results in a week. Just then, I thought things couldn't get any worse. My doctor found a spot in my clavicle bone. The test results came back, cancer in my clavicle bone. The doctor said he could do nothing more for me, that he had to send me off to an oncologist. 
because it was no longer stage two cancer, but it had metastasized to stage four. Yet again, my mind went crazy. My eyes were on everything but God in this moment. I've even dreamed of seeing my son get married, having grandchildren. Fear, worry, and complete hopelessness hit me again. I am one who reads my Bible and reads devotionals every morning and prays and tries to listen to God and be obedient to His Word. And now I was overcome with fear, worry, and hopelessness. You know, we probably all have faced moments like Judy. Maybe not as difficult or life-altering, but there are certainly moments that tend to weigh us down in that same way. For some of you, maybe it's a financial strain that you feel in this season. For others, maybe it's a relational difficulty, a, a marriage that's struggling, or kids that tend to be rebelling or going their own way. For some of us, maybe there's a job that, that feels like it's, it's holding us captive and we just can't escape. For others of us, the, the pain goes a little bit deeper than that. Uh, the struggle is the shame that, that continues to bombard us because of the past choices that we've made. And it seems that the consequences continue to come day after day. For others, maybe it's, maybe it's shame over something that's been said to you and you feel as if you just can't measure up. Whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation, whatever the experience that might be gripping you, it's interesting how similar our posture is in what looks to be insurmountable and overwhelming odds. It's interesting to watch as our shoulders begin to slump, our heads begin to bow, and our eyes begin to look down, as if we're watching every step to not create more chaos in our confusion. You know, there's something telling about where we look in those circumstances. See, our posture is an indication of our perspective. What we're looking at in the midst of difficult circumstances and situations indicate a great deal about what we're looking at in the midst of our lives. You probably have heard the expression, like I have, that people say, well, things are starting to look up. And that phrase has a deep meaning behind it, that the situation is improving and the circumstances are getting better or the problems are beginning to decrease and the opportunities are on the rise. That sounds great theoretically, but in those moments where it seems that things are beginning to look up, we know that there's another wave about ready to hit us. At times, we continue to look down as a result. You know, the Christmas story is filled with these same questions, these same emotions, these same concerns. And each time, God had an answer. We come to Luke chapter 1 in the story, and we're told that the angel Gabriel comes to a young virgin named Mary who is betrothed to her future husband, Joseph, a carpenter. And Gabriel comes and he says these words to her in verse 28. He says, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Now you would think in this moment she would be exuberant and celebratory and excited the fact that, that, that this angel was speaking to her, but she's not. No, instead, it says these words in verse 29. It says, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. It says that she was, she was greatly troubled and she was disturbed. She was confused and she was disturbed. How often in our circumstances do we feel this same way? 
we, we feel concerned over the situations in our lives, over the circumstances that we face. And as a result, we are greatly disturbed. You know, these two words in the Greek are, are very interesting words. The word confused is actually the word diaterasso, and, and it means to be greatly agitated or to be scratched inside. It, it's like having a scratch on our skin, but the scratch goes deeper into our soul, and, and it just bothers us. It irritates us. And then it's followed with this word disturbed. It, it, it's the word dia lagizomai, and it, it, it literally means to, to logically try to think about a solution, to, to think of all the options and weigh them out in the circumstance. See, Mary didn't just receive the angel's message simply. No, what happened as she heard the message is she was disturbed. She was agitated, and it caused her to try to logically solve all of the problems that she thought were, were coming as a result of this. And, and for you and I, we may feel that same way. The circumstances of life come to us, and we logically try to solve them because they irritate us. And what's interesting is God answers this. The angel continues and says these words. It says, the angel says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. See, when you see how big God is, it begins to shrink your problem. For Mary, she saw a big problem. She was agitated and greatly concerned, so much so that it caused her to try to figure out the solution. But when she realized the God behind it, when she realized God was fully in control, when you understand how big God is, all of a sudden it shrinks the size of your problem. And then we turn to the story of Joseph in Matthew chapter 1. Joseph, who is betrothed to his, his virgin bride, Mary, who finds out she is now with child. And, and, and the message tells us in Matthew chapter 1, verse 19, that Joseph had a choice to make. It says, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quickly. See, for Joseph, it wasn't confusion. He knew exactly what was happening. For him, it was this, this choice based out of being hurt and brokenhearted. Joseph was overwhelmed with the fact that, that this wife was now expecting, and he wasn't the one that caused this baby to be born or to be conceived, and so he was left with a choice to put her quietly to divorce. You can imagine the heartbreak that he felt. You can imagine the, the brokenness that he experienced, the hurt, to think that possibly Mary betrayed him. You could imagine the question in his mind about who his wife really was, what secrets she was keeping. And it was in this moment that God showed up. God showed up in the angel and said these words. In Matthew 1, verse 19, it continues, and it says, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did 
as the angel of the Lord commanded him. God responds to Joseph, and Joseph obeys the command and takes Mary to be his wife. They then go to Bethlehem as a result of the taxation that took place, and they end up not finding a place in the end, but, but in a stall, in a stable, in a cave. And there this baby that has been promised is born. Then the story changes scenes out to these shepherds. These shepherds who are out keeping watch over their flock. And in Luke chapter 2, we pick up their story in verse 8. It says, in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. It's interesting, these shepherds were scared to death. They were scared to death about what they were experiencing. Was this really the end? Was judgment now coming upon them? Were they the outcast of Israel now taking uh, the, the pain of judgment because they've been outcast? In fact, the word greatly afraid here is, is the word phobio. It's where we get our word phobia. And it doesn't just mean fear. It's the idea of great fear, gripping fear, fear that paralyzes us, fear that freezes us in our place. These shepherds were overwhelmed with fear, thinking what was taking place? Was this the end? Maybe for them it was death. But then God responds. These angels, the hosts, speak out to them. In verse 10 it says, And the angels said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. For the shepherds God gave the sign of a baby that was born that could take away their fear and bring them great hope. You know, in every moment of this Christmas story, the characters faced what seemed to be insurmountable odds, an experience that was unexplainable and never wanted. For Mary, it, it was the concern and, and the logical way she tried to solve the problem of the message of the angel. Uh, for Joseph, it was hurt and and brokenness over the secret things that may have been happening that he didn't know with Mary. And with the angels, it was the heavenly host showing up and it caused great fear in their souls, gripping them, maybe thinking that it was judgment or the end coming to them. And each time, God graciously showed up. God didn't show up and change their circumstances, but what God did is changed their perspective. See, God changed their focus. And when their focus changed, their feelings changed. When their eyes began to look up instead around, they saw things differently. For example, for Mary, everything changed for Mary when she focused on the promises of God. She moved from confusion to celebration. And then we come to Joseph. See, everything changed for Joseph when he stopped looking at his pain and started focusing on the path that God had laid out for him, that God was intentionally at work in that moment for him to take Mary as his wife and have this promised child. Everything changed for the shepherds when they stopped looking through eyes of fear and started looking through eyes of faith and courage. What was at first panic turned to a party as they came to see this promised child. And then they went back and shared the good news with everybody they met. See, all of us have faith. 
everyone watching, everyone listening, we all have faith in something. The question is, is our faith in only what we see here on earth? Or is our faith in the one who came, Jesus? That baby born in a manger, who then lived a perfect, sinless life, and went to a cross for our sins on our behalf. And then three days later, walked out of a grave to prove that the the punishment he had paid for our sin, the atonement he had made for our sin, and the promise he had made to give us life was enough, was sufficient. See, when our eyes turn to what he did, to Jesus, all of a sudden, our feelings change. When we change our focus, our feelings follow. In in Colossians, Paul writes these words in in one of the most beautiful passages in all of the Bible. He, He says, if then you have been raised with Christ, if you've experienced this, if you understand what Christ has done, he says, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And then he repeats this. He says, set your mind on things that are above, not on things of the earth. The word there, set your mind, literally means to set your seek, to continually be looking not to the things of earth, not to the things that lead to heartbreak and pain, to confusion and chaos, to to fear and, and faults, but to look at Jesus, to seek the things which are above that he brings into our lives. And when we set our focus on those things, all of a sudden our life begins to change. When you reach this level of despair, you have a choice to keep your focus turned down into the hopelessness or to lift your eyes up and to surrender your story to Jesus. Um, This will be something that I will deal with the rest of my life. And um, I just thank God though that he has given me strength, family, patience, church, love, mercy, all the above um, to see me through this. And um, no matter what happens, um, I know God's mercy is enough and his grace is enough. It's been a difficult season and I can't imagine how people without God deal with this. Uh, I I couldn't imagine walking through this walk without having the faith um, that I have in my Lord that um, He's there with me. You know, I've always wanted a deeper relationship with God, and this trial, this journey that I have been on has given me that. There is a different joy and peace in my life from walking through this. I look up and I see things in a different perspective. I have more passion, more joy, more love because of God seeing me through this. To Him be the glory. See, the object of our faith The object of our focus is Christ. And when Christ is the object, all the other circumstances begin to pale, begin to be put into proper perspective so that God is able to use those circumstances for his glory. So let me ask you, where are you looking? Where are your eyes turning in your circumstances, in the situations of your life? Are you looking at life through your own eyes, the eyes of pain, the eyes of fear, the eyes of confusion, the eyes of chaos? Or are your eyes seeking what is above? Faith, courage, hope, and peace. 
If not, you need to lift up your eyes. See the one who has come for us. The baby born in a manger who died on a cross, walked out of a grave, ascended into heaven, and now reigns supreme over the affairs of our lives. How many people were blessed by Judy's story? And that powerful message uh, Pastor Dave shared with us. You know, I love one of the things he said as he was talking about Mary's story is that she found herself in this moment of confusion. And then when she was able to lift up her eyes, she was able to celebrate. And that's really our hope for you today, that if you find yourself in a moment of chaos, in a moment of confusion, in a moment where you don't know exactly what's going on and how you're going to get out of the situation, that you can find the ability to lift up your eyes and be able to celebrate. And it's true that what God has done for us is reason to celebrate. He loved us so much that he sent Jesus. And so when we lift up our eyes, we're able to refocus. And that changes our feelings about what we're going through. And so we, with this next song, we hope to encourage you and we hope that you are able to lift up your eyes.
Amen. How true is that song? Lift up your eyes. You know, we want to thank you for being here tonight. Yeah, you can clap for that. We want to thank you for being here tonight. And, you know, the, the question that we have been pondering together tonight is, where are, I, I, are I, our eyes looking? Where are our eyes looking? You know, our eyes are pretty powerful things when you think about them. I don't know if you know this or not, but, but our eyes give us the direction of our lives. I don't know if you realize this or not. If you've ever driven, you know that truth, right? You ever been in a car and, and you don't drive looking back, do you? Or I don't know if you've been in situations like me where I've been in the car and I'm driving down a country road and I notice something out the side of my, my mirror or my, my window and I look out and it catches my And What happens? The, the car begins to drift the way I look. Our lives follow our eyes. You know that ophthalmologists would tell us that, that in the back of our eyes, in our optic nerve, there's something called a blind spot. All of us have it. Uh, where that is in each eye is a little bit different, but all of us have this blind spot. And so there's a place where we really can't see. Thankfully, God made us with two eyes so that we can overcome that. But the reality is there's a place where we have a blind spot. And you know, tonight, I believe our, our physical eyes are really a picture of something deeper. In fact, I would dare say tonight, if you're here and you're actually blind, you actually can't see physically, you still have eyes. See, every person here has eyes that are deeper than just these physical eyes. All of us here have eyes of faith. We have eyes of faith. Everybody here has faith in something. For some, maybe you have faith in this job that you have, and you're just hoping that this thing that you have, this job, this, this money that you're making will, will bring, will bring some, some healing to your life, will bring some peace into your soul. For others, maybe for you, your faith is in a relationship, and you're thinking, well, if this spouse I have just, man, if things just got right, I'm, my marriage would be good, or if I just find this right spouse, all of a sudden, everything else would fall into place, and we begin to set our faith in a relationship. 
for others, maybe it's a possession. If I just get this house, or if I just have this car, if I just make this money, if I just had this, all of a sudden my life would be satisfied, things would be steady, everything would be smooth. We all have faith. We have faith in something. All of us are looking through eyes of faith. Even if you're here tonight and you would say, you know what, I don't believe any of that. You still have faith. You're having faith in what you believe. Faith in nothingness. Faith in yourself to get you through this life. You have faith. We all have faith. And the Bible reveals to us that all of us have a blind spot in our eyes of faith. That the Bible reveals that this blind spot is the thing called sin. The Bible says, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. All of us here have a blind spot in our faith eyes. There's a place where we just can't see. And as a result of that sin, we experience things like hurt and heartbreak, chaos and confusion, struggle and strife, and like the shepherd's fear and faults. We experience these things as a result of the blind spot of our eyes of faith called sin. But we know what Christmas is. What I love about Christmas is Christmas is the moment where God's eyes meet our eyes. What do I mean? Well, see, God saw our blind spot. God saw our sin and didn't just reject us as a result of it. See, God, the God of the universe, the, God, the creator God who created all of us and everything that we see, he could have left us in our sin, in our blind spots, but no, God didn't. God came to this earth in the most humblest of forms and fashions. He came as a baby in a manger. He didn't come in a palace to a king. He came as a baby in a stall, in a, in a stable, in a cave. He came to attest to our blindness. He then walked a sinless, perfect life and then went to a cross, and on that cross he paid for our sins, and three days later he walked out of a grave to prove that what he did for us was indeed sufficient, that now you and I would be able to see that we can lift up our eyes. In fact, Jesus said these words in John chapter 12. Listen to these words. Jesus was, was teaching, and it says in John 12, 44, it says, and Jesus cried out and he said, whoever believes in me believes not only in me, but also him who sent me, talking about the Father, and then he says this, and whoever sees me has also seen him who sent me. Why? Because I have come into the world as a light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness, but they should be able to see. See, Jesus came to call us to lift up our eyes. To lift up our eyes from the things that pale, to the things that never satisfy, to the things that never fulfill, to the things that leave us hopeless and helpless and confused and chaotic, and the things that leave us in fear and frailties. And he says, lift up your eyes to eternal things. Seek the things which are above. Jesus Christ, the one who has come, and in him there is life. There is purpose. There's motivation. There's joy. There's peace. He, he doesn't change the circumstance, but he changes the perspective. So now, even in our circumstances, we can be overwhelmed with joy. So as we end tonight, here's what I want to do. See, I believe we could have done all this great stuff and had a lot of fun tonight and some great music. And if we wouldn't give you an opportunity to respond, I believe wholeheartedly that we would have failed you that we would have failed you this Christmas. So I'm going to ask you if you would, just in the quietness of the, this moment, if you would bow your head and close your eyes, and, and we're just going to have a moment just between you and God, just with you and the Lord, just to come contemplate this Christmas season, what God did for you to come to take your blind spot away, to come to say you can lift up your eyes in faith and trust in him. 
So I'm going to ask us just to bow our head and close our eyes across this room. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask you tonight, if you're here, and you would say, Dave, I'm, I'm looking to the earth. I'm looking to the world. I'm looking for that job and that relationship and that possession. And if I can just get this or that. And I'm looking all at the things of earth with my eyes. And I can't find it satisfying me. And tonight, I believe God is lifting my head. God is raising my eyes. God is bringing alive faith in me to him. And maybe you're here tonight and you would be willing just to say, Dave, I want you just to pray for me. And you would raise your hand. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna bring a packet by. No one's looking around. We're not gonna embarrass you. We're not trying to spam your email. We're not trying to get you to join a church. We just wanna give you some information about how you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So maybe you're here tonight and you would just slip your hand up right where you are. And just attest, say, God, I, I want that. I want that relationship. I want to know that. I want my eyes to be lifted up tonight as I look to you. Just where you're at, lift your hand. We have some people that are going to put a pack in your hand. You can then put your hand down. Anyone like that? If you would, just keep your hand up until they come by. We see some hands around the room. Just leave them up for a moment, and they're going to put a pack in your hand. There's some great information. Anyone else just tonight would say, I want to take that step of faith, that courageous step to say, God, open my eyes so that I see you. And God is faithful to do it. Anyone else, just uh, lift your hand up right where you are. They'll put that packet right in your hand, and you put that hand down. I know there are many of you tonight, you know this story, and your eyes of faith have been cast upon Jesus, but you're in a season right now, maybe like Judy, where you're just, you got a bad report, or you're wondering what God is doing, and you're questioning that, and, and as we end tonight, we're going to end by singing Silent Night, we're going to ask some of our leaders, some of our elders, some of our staff and their wives to come up, and we're going to ask you if you would like to just have some time of prayer with one of our leaders. We believe there's, there's this beauty that happens when the body of Christ prays together. And so maybe you're here tonight and you would say, you know what, I, I like some Christmas prayer. I, I, my eyes are looking at all these things on earth and I feel overwhelmed. I feel distraught. I feel chaotic and confused and I need to lift my eyes. Yes, I know Christ, but I want to lift my eyes tonight. And so we're going to stand together and I'm going to pray. And then we're going to have a time where we sing these songs. And you can come up and pray with somebody who would love to pray with you. They would love to be able to share this time with you this Christmas. Would you stand with me as we pray? As our leaders come forward, as we prepare to end this service by singing Silent Night together, and if you would like some prayer, we would love to have you pray with us. If you're here and maybe you, you took one of those packets and you'd be willing to take another step of courage and you would come and talk with somebody, we would love to share with you. I believe salvation is not a hope so, maybe so, or think so. I believe tonight that salvation is an absolute. You can know for certain tonight that if you die, you go to heaven. Jesus said that. He said he takes away the darkness and he brings light. He helps us to see. And tonight you can know your eternal destiny in Jesus Christ and him alone. Would you bow with me as we pray? God, we thank you for this season of Christmas. Lord, it's where our eyes meet your eyes. That you, the God of the universe, see our sin. You saw our sinfulness, and you came in the midst of it. And you became one of us, not in a fancy way, not as a God would, but you came as a baby in a manger. So that there's no one here outside of your reach 
There's no one here that's too far gone. Lord, you came in the most humblest of forms so that we in the most humblest of states could see that you are the answer. And then you went to a cross and you took a punishment that was not yours. You took our place. And while on the cross, you took sin upon yourself. And, and then you said on the cross, it is finished. The debt is paid. The work is done. And then you proved it by walking out of a grave three days later. Or doing something no one else could claim. You walked out of a grave to prove that what you did for us was indeed sufficient. That you can take the, the darkness from our eyes, the blindness out of our souls. And you can have, have us lift up our eyes to you. And place our faith in you alone. So God, we thank you for the season of Christmas that is a reminder of these truths. God, I pray for any here that are walking through difficult seasons. May they lift their eyes tonight and may they see the, the glory of you at work in them. That even in their difficulty, you are at work to bring yourself glory and their good. That you will be glorified, even when we don't see it. So God, may you be glorified even this moment, this Christmas season. We love you and thank you. The lifter of our head the one where our help comes from, Jesus Christ, our Savior, our King, in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing this song together, Silent Night. If you would like to come and pray, we would invite you to come pray with one of our leaders. We'd be honored to pray with you. If you'd like to receive prayer, go ahead and make your way to the front now. We're going to sing this song together. Street. 